0: I'm Trent Norris, fund manager at Sterling Capital.
1: And this is Michelle Nipko. I'm the podcast host, and welcome to the One Trade Podcast. All right. Hi, Trent. Hi, everyone. So I just want to mention I'm starting to see inflation hit personally here in Las Vegas, you know, gas prices, we have a diesel truck for a uh, diesel gas. It's $6 a gallon, which is just nuts. And then now uh, my husband and I went to the strip over the weekend and, um, went out for a, a nice dinner and we ordered some nice fish and we got our bill and the prices that we were charged were higher by about five bucks than was on the menu. And so I just, I think this is happening to restaurants where they're having to charge more and, than on their menu, they haven't had time to reprint. So it's just interesting to see these basics as we've been talking about food, gas, energy uh, continue to go up. So, really starting to see that here. And I know probably uh, you listeners are starting to see that wherever you are. So, uh, interesting. All right. Well, let's talk about the continued roller coaster on the markets. We saw this last uh, short holiday shortened week. Um, to the first three days of trading, the S&P looked like it was going to start a winning streak after breaking a seven-day losing streak the week before. Instead, it finished down 1.2%, kind of following with our theme trend that, uh, you know, we're expecting, we're thinking things are going to continue to go down, but it's going to have these fits and starts where it's going to kind of head fake us a little bit, which kind of makes it harder to trade, but um you know, it's what we can anticipate going into bear market. Uh, the NASDAQ uh, composite closed off 1% and the Dow closed uh, point down 0.9%. Uh, so one thing I'm seeing are just these huge swings each day. It's just amazing how much the, the market's swinging. And you know what's interesting? It can go way up one day can go way down during the day it can go it i've seen it you know swing down 100 then back up 100 points for the S P. I i mean it's it's very unpredictable to know uh what's going to happen intraday but these swings are huge so uh it's it's i don't know it's really interesting just to see and it's it's hard to, to predict um what have you seen this last week trent
0: oh hey michelle so i agree with you this is very difficult to trade and I still see that the overall trend, right, since November is down, and that's how I'm playing it. Uh, You know, Elon Musk came out and said he had a super bad feeling on the economy and (laughs) wants to cut (laughs) 10% of Tesla jobs. Now, he did walk it back a little bit over this weekend, but um, yeah, it's just funny how Elon flying around in his Gulfstream, right, is saying he has a super bad feeling
1: on the economy. (laughs) That's a technical term. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. He, he must be listening to the one trade podcast this year.
1: Oh, um, so, for sure.
0: right. So, so yeah, I think the trend is still going to be down with, uh, bear market rallies. And I think that's what we've had a little bit of, and we'll see, you know, if that continues or not.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. And talking about that 10% uh, cut at Tesla, and we're starting to see that across the, uh, tech industry, I would say. right, And, um, you know, I'm just a little, little reminiscent. You know, I was working wherever I'm working. It seems to be a problem. You know, I was working at a. a oh wait, venue you're the problem, in- Michelle. <laughs> what?
0: You're the problem?
1: I, I am the problem. But working okay. in industry, something catastrophic is going to happen. All right, I was we're blaming it on you, venue Michelle. I was there in Austin when the pandemic hit. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so short me. You know how, <laughs> yeah. go opposite of Jim Cramer, go opposite of wherever Michelle Nipko is working. So watch right. out, Vegas. I'm very sorry I moved here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was working in stocks during the dot-com era. I was a financial engineer doing stock modeling. Right. Um, but when things started to crash you know it was 10% layoffs is what it started with and then pretty soon it's 50% layoffs I mean this is just the start I don't know as we start to go into a sort of a slower market also I was working in I was in Silicon Valley working in a company that did rate optimization during 2008 for banks uh, right as capital was drying up of course Um, but once again that company started out 10% cuts and then pretty soon it was 50% cuts and pretty soon you know mostly out of business. And so um, I have a little bit of PTSD. You could probably tell from these sort of traumatic times. So I'm not saying that's what's going to happen now, but it just feels a little bit like that, right? That this is how these sort of trends start um, the beginning of a, of a downturn where it's where companies start to test the water and they start with their, their 10% cuts.
0: Well, you, you know, Michelle, I mean, once again, it's, it's the fed has basically told us, and they've warned, and they're saying that they're going to stay on their path of raising rates. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to affect the demand side of the equation, right? They can't affect the supply. They can't, we, we know this, right? They can't, uh, grow more wheat. They can't uh, drill more oil. But what they can do is they can affect the demand side. And so, sadly, what that means for the markets is that it's going to negatively affect the markets um, because they are taking the liquidity, right, the cheap money out. And that's what what has driven these markets um, really since the great financial crisis after that occurred. So, uh, even Jamie Dimon, right, the CEO of J.P. Morgan, the largest bank, he warned this week of an economic hurricane, right? Yeah. That sounds real comforting. Thanks, Jamie. (laughs) He probably also started listening to the one trade podcast because we've been talking about this since January. So (laughs) Jamie's probably tuning in. Hi, Jamie, if you're listening. Hi, Jamie. Yep. So, right. So, you know, so I've been looking at the dollar 10 year yields and oil prices are putting tremendous pressure on the markets in our economy. So really the dollars had a pullback here you know, the last few trading days and that's, uh, provided a little bit of ease to the market. But, I, but I assume that the dollar is going to continue its uptrend, uh, because remember the dollar is, is, you know, its strength or weakness is predicated on the other currencies and how they perform against it. Cause it's, it's the, the DXY is a basket of currencies. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I, I still believe that the United States has, we, we still can, raise rates. We can still tighten where other countries ultimately and other currencies won't be able to, other central banks won't be able to strengthen their currencies as as much as potentially we can, at least until something breaks. And that's what I see us doing. So I think it's just interesting that the dollar, you know, got to close to 105, right? And during the uh, pandemic, when everyone was panicking into the dollar, it was at 103, so we've already touched above that level. So to me, I think we're having a little bit of a pullback, and then we're just going to continue to go higher until things start to break. Interesting. Yep.
1: Yeah, really great points.
0: <laughs> and, and you know, the other thing too, if you go back to 2008, not that this is exactly the same in any ways, but, but, but a comparable is in 2008, the Fed, and we talked about this, Michelle, uh, they had lowered the rates. So Alan Greenson lowered the rates to 1%. And that started in 2003, started to drive the real estate market. And then they actually started to hike rates. And during that same time, energy, oil, started to go up tremendously. And I think got to like 130-something a barrel, right? Mm-hmm. So we're kind of seeing this now, is rates are rising, and energy's getting expensive, and then you had 08 and the Great Financial Crisis. So... Kind of some of that similar uh, feeling from from back then to what what I'm seeing now. So,
1: right, right. Yeah. The, the big difference is right now. Like we were talking about, is like rates have increased so much so quickly. Yes. Right, mortgage rates like like have doubled in just a few weeks. Right. Um, and so, th- what I think, trend like we were talking about, is that's going to impact demand for housing so quickly. I think that is going to hit us over the head very soon. Right, it's not Great gone up point. that much in history, and the difference between now and back in two thousand eight is now uh, banks—they're not giving away loans to just anybody. There's still right. there's a lot of laws in place, right? They're much more strict. Uh, like back in two thousand eight, they're like, "Oh, you want a loan? Here you go. Right, no job—that's right. okay. You don't uh, have any capital—that's okay. Here you go. Right. So, and then they chop it up and sell it off or <laughs> around the world. Those CDOs can't do right. that anymore. So uh, there was still demand for those mortgages at that time even though rates were high because people were making so much money in the market that created that bubble. This was a little bit different. I think the bubble was created by all the stimulus during exactly. COVID, right? It's a different way the bubble was created, but still a bubble. Um, but this raise in rates, I think it's not like they're just giving loans to anybody like they were then. So I, I think that demand is going to just change on a dime. So uh, th- that's a great that's just point.
0: my prediction. You know, Michelle, so we kind of mentioned this, but in Austin here, so during the pandemic, one could buy a property, you know, plus an interest rate of, say, I don't know, 2.7% on a 30-year fixed, uh, plus the lower property taxes on that lower price. The price, let's say about a month ago, the the, the payment has almost doubled, right, if you wow. factor in all yeah. those things. Mm-hmm. So to go back to, say, just to get to where we were. So take out like recession, take out some economic calamity. Uh, if, if interest rates stay over 5%, the math, we could easily see a 40, 50% drop in real estate. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's just the math to get back to the payment of COVID and pre-COVID levels here in Austin at a 2.7% 30-year fixed plus the lower property taxes, you know, Buying, buying, say a half a million dollar house. That half a million dollar house uh, a month ago, seven hundred and fifty, you know, thousand now. So, or, or excuse me, a month ago. And 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 what's interesting is we're already starting to see a surge in in listings in real estate listings hit the market. So the wow. market already in the last few weeks has completely changed. And I'm not saying it's a total buyer's market, but there is definitely a a surge in the amount of inventory that's come online. So we're starting to see it.
1: Well, interesting. Well have to see uh what it looks like the next few months. But uh, you know, I lived in Phoenix during that two thousand seven time period, right? When it had that huge run up and it right. just feels very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh once again, and I was living in Austin. So once again, I am a um sorry everybody. I, I bring bad mojo. Your concern <laughs> you <bring> indicator. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, so let's talk about the trade of the week. So I kind of have a boring one because we've done some pretty exciting uh, shorting and put strategies. And the last one um, didn't go so well if, if you were to do weeklies on on something like Williams-Sonoma. But I do think stocks like retail and, and real estate and... Uh, restaurants are going to suffer and are going to still be places that you're going to want to short. It's just kind of the time frame on them. Uh, but sure. So I wanted to do a kind of a boring one. And you know, something that just makes sense to me here because of the pullback recently a little bit is wheat. And so the ticker is W E A T. And it's just a way to have exposure to uh, the commodity wheat. Um, and, and I think it's, it's smart because you have obviously energy costs are persistently high still. And that is affecting the fertilizer prices. And, you know, I was looking at some data, and, and 2020 data shows that Russia is the number one exporter of wheat, and Ukraine is number five. Oh, wow. And that's obviously putting pressure on that commodity. And so I think it's a place that... um is 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 an interesting is an interesting play to, to to put some money in play for you know the rest of this year or something to kind of park park some capital you're not going to make a fortune necessarily but it spiked a couple times and it's now pulled back and so it's still in an uptrend i'm seeing you know higher lows and higher highs so i think that's the play and once again that that ticker symbol is w e a t
1: that makes a lot of sense right now given all the um political environment that we're in right now just like you were mentioning with uh Russia and Ukraine and people need to eat. Right. Right. That's one thing for sure. <laughs> it's definitely a necessity. Um and the price of wheat uh, as of uh Sunday after hours it's uh, $10.73 so I like I'm liking that price. It's a nice affordable stock. So right. Yeah. I think it's uh makes a lot of sense right now in like in this environment where it's like where what stocks are going to go up it's almost tough to find one that we anticipate okay that might go up um but that one i can see the the narrative makes a lot of sense there
0: right michelle and and what's interesting too is is possibly this summer and i don't know if it's going to happen or not but they're saying we could have we get into some serious food shortages and that happens then you'll be really protected uh if you own something like that um, and you could you get won't some have really food, nice upside. But you'll, you'll have money, right? Yeah. <laughs> you'll have more money to buy more expensive food.
1: Exactly. Good way to hedge your hunger. Uh, you know, I wouldn't think of these things would be possible, but with just having the baby formula shortage. It's like, wow, you know, these things are very possible. What is a scary situation? Yeah. It's getting real. Getting real. Getting real. Again, tired of things getting real. Can we just get back to boring life? I'm ready for a boring life, but <laughs> anyway all right trent i like that um and uh good to be back uh podcasting again we took last week off for the holidays, so i hope everybody had a good uh, monday last week but um good to be back all right let's have a great trading week everybody
0: all right everyone stay free
1: and that's the podcast if you like the podcast and would like to hear more each week, don't forget to subscribe. And of course, we'd always appreciate a review. If you'd like to contact us to learn more about Sterling Capital or just to say hi, you can email us at onetradepodcast at gmail.com. Let's have a great trading week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. And now for the required risk disclosure material in this podcast is presented solely for informational purposes and is not to be construed as solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any securities or any related financial instruments, nor should any of its content be taken as investment advice. One trade podcast accepts no liability whatsoever for any loss or damage of any kind arising out of all or any part of this material. We recommend you consult with a licensed and qualified professional before making any investment decision.